Hey everyone, I hope you had a good week. Welcome to this week's episode of Law Chat with John and Amy. I'm John Julian. And I'm Amy Pliafico. This week's question is, what is a Chapter 13 plan? And uh, figuring out what we were going to talk about this week, I realized that we use the words Chapter 13 plan all the time, but have actually never described that to you. Um, So this week, we're going to talk about what the plan is, what goes into it, um, and the different categories of claims in a plan. Um, So to start off, the plan is, um, there's a form um, that's called the plan, and it's how the debtor is going to pay off their debts while they're in their chapter 13. Um, The plan can be anywhere between three years and five years most of the time, although there are exceptions when it can be shorter. Um, And a lot of that depends on the means test, what you're paying back to your creditors and your monthly disposable income. And then the plan also identifies what you're going to be paying every month to the trustee who then disperses that money to your creditors. So, John, do you want to talk about how the, how the creditors are classified in the plan? Sure. There's three primary classifications of the creditors. And um, in each class, they have to be paid the same. So there are the secured claims, which could be like uh, mortgage holders, could be uh, uh, car loans. They're secured claims. And when you think of a secured claim, it's basically a creditor who, if they weren't paid, can look to take uh, action against certain security they have a a lien on, such as a home or a car. Um, So secured claims is one class of claims. And that could be, um, for example, mortgage arrears. Uh, Someone's behind a year on their mortgage, six months on their mortgage. Well, how are you going to repay Uh, the secured claim, those mortgage arrears over the three to five years. There's priority claims, which are the taxes. Um, Once again, the tax claims. Well, how are the tax claims being addressed during the three to five year uh, plan? And the final category is the unsecured claims, which could be credit cards, uh, personal loans. Um, Those type of obligations are called unsecured claims, and you have to pay them all the same percentage. So um, they all have to be treated equally. So, you know, you can't pick and choose that there's some creditors you want to get paid a little more than than uh, other creditors or some credit card people better more than other credit card people. The only um, exception to that is you can separately classify some claims for certain reasons. For example, you can cl- separately classify your student loans and say, I'm just going to pay those per the contract because unlike regular unsecured debt, Uh, My student loans are not dischargeable, and we already have a contract for how those will get paid. But generally, um, you have to have a good reason for treating one claim differently in the unsecureds. Yeah, that's a great point. And can you talk about um, uh, when you do a plan, how how is it being determined what the debtor or debtors are going to pay each month? Yeah, okay. So... um, it really depends on every situation. So it's a balancing of a couple of things. It's first figuring out um, what you need, what are your accomplished, what are you trying to accomplish with the plan? So if you're filing a bankruptcy because you are a year behind on your mortgage, obviously our top priority is we need to take that year of mortgage arrears and put those into the plan. Um, and then we're balancing that against what the liquidation value of your plan is. So that is the value of your property less any exemptions that you're able to take 
exemptions we talked about in an earlier podcast, but essentially those are like protections, what we can protect. So say if I could protect everything, which, you know, is, is pretty common um, for in a chapter 13, then that doesn't become an issue. The next factor I need to balance is um, what does your median income test say, which is how much money do you make compared to a, a family of your size living in Massachusetts? And that determines if if you need to be in a three-year plan or you need to be in a five-year plan. And if you need to be in a five-year plan, how much do you need to pay back to your unsecured creditors? And the last thing that we're balancing is um, what you can afford. So we're taking your income less your expenses, and that gives us your disposable income. And so um, that's what you can make afford for a plan payment. Right. And, and I, I think what's, that was what's way, way com- more complicated than I meant to make it. <laughs> well, I, I think what's important, though, is once um, the plan is completed and submitted, it gets sent to all the creditors and the trustee. And the trustee can object to it if there's problems with the plan. Amy described the different um, aspects that go into determining what a plan payment should be. So a trustee could say um, it hasn't been calculated correctly. It's not, they're not paying, you know, the debtor's not paying enough to the unsecured creditors. Um, the creditors can object. So once again, it could be the mortgage company. We do a plan and we say the person's 32000 in arrears on the mortgage. And when they're going to repay that over five years in their plan. Well, the mortgage company can come in and say, well, John, you put down the $32,000 in arrears. They're really $36,000 in arrears. So therefore, we're objecting to the, the, the plan because the plan's not providing for our claim, the, unsecu- the, uh, the arrears, to be paid in full over the five years. And so what often happens is these objections come in and then... Um, we may need to file an amended plan to adjust the figures to correct, like I say, the mortgage arrears to say, okay, it's not 32,000, it should have been 36,000, and we're gonna have to adjust the payment to the trustee. Um, So just something else to keep in mind, and hopefully things get worked out when a creditor or the trustee objects and and we respond, um, try to work it out if we can't, that's why they have judges. to, um, to yeah. And so let me just give you a sample. Um, so say you are $10,000 behind on your mortgage and you owe $50,000 in credit card debt and you you make more than the average in Massachusetts. So you have to be in a five-year plan. Um, and at the end of the day, you have $248 left over in income after your expenses. But, you know, obviously, $248 is going to make no difference really in your $50,000 of credit cards because you're going to be ba- making bare minimum payments. But in a, um, a chapter 13, in your plan, in the secured the secured section, we put your $10,000 of mortgage arrears and those would get repaid over your five-year plan. Um, we'd have um, a portion of your legal fee, maybe $1,000 is going through. Not all of your legal fee in the chapter 13 needs to get paid up front. Some of it can go through your plan. Um, the trustee is going to get a paid a fee on hers on on whatever she pays out. Um, and so if you have two hundred and forty eight dollars left over, your unsecured creditors are going to get twenty five hundred dollars, which is about a five percent of what they're owed. So they'll get five cents on the dollar. 
So at the end of the day, that costs the $248 that you have left over for five years. And at the end of your bankruptcy, you're going to be current with your mortgage. Um, and the full $50,000 is going to be discharged, even though you only paid 5% of that. And um, as you said, Amy, it's complicated, right? <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, I, I know it's a lot of information we're putting out there to people, but it, it's not, a, as you said, a, a simple um, uh, format in, in calculating the plan and, and making it work. But well, I know. And I think your point is well made that you need to amend because also if someone comes in and they say, okay, I've missed my mortgage payment is $2,000 a month and I've missed five months. You don't just owe $10,000. You owe $10,000 plus interest and late fees. And now maybe they've had an attorney get involved because you're five months behind. So generally, if I'm looking at your mortgage statement, I don't know exactly how much you owe. So we're making a guess based off of what we have for information but it's never going to be exact to the dollar. So, but we have to get a plan filed before the creditors have to tell us the exact amount that's owed on their proof of claim. So likely if your case um, has something like mortgage or car arrears you'll or taxes, something that needs to be down to the exact dollar, um, you'll need to amend at some point. Amy, and I think that's a... Uh... A good place to end so people's heads don't explode <laughs> from uh, uh, the information we just presented to them. So as you said, though, it's complicated, but uh, obviously with the right attorneys, they can explain uh, the circumstances and why you need to pay whatever the number is going to be, whether it be for three years, four years or five years. Um, as Amy pointed out, if you're over the median income, it has to be a five year plan. So yeah, it does, uh, I think anyone's heads explode. The debtors, you should not be figuring this out. Your attorney will be figuring right. this out. I've never like, so it just, it, it's good for you to understand the process. Your attorney will go over it with you, but you are not expected to do the math and figure it out. Yes. Very good point. So uh, we'll, we'll finish up there and uh, um, let, let, uh, let, let people, um, you know, relax from today's presentation. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining Law Chat with John and Amy. We look forward to chatting with you again next time. If you have a question or comment, feel free to email us at info at yulianlaw.com. Remember that Law Chats with John and Amy is intended as a general reference and considered general advertising, and listeners should check for changes to any applicable laws and consult with an attorney on any legal issue. The information provided does not constitute legal advice, and any thoughts or commentary by the podcasting lawyers is provided as a service of the community and does not constitute solicitation of legal advice. The lawyers in the law firm of Yulian Associates PC make no warranties and disclaim all liabilities for damages resulting from its use. Nothing provided in the podcast should be considered a substitute for advice from counsel. No attorney-client relationship is formed by listening or participating in this podcast, and in the event that the podcast receives emails about the subject matter, no attorney-client relationship is created via the email communication.